you're simply walking down the street. How you carry yourself and act signals to the criminal mind that you are or are not a good target. Do you understand today's threats and how to increase your safety and security? If you don't know the answer, be aware, be prepared. Welcome to this episode of Surviving the Life or Death Cap. I'm Terry Choate, co-founder and CEO of Blue U Defense, and I'll be your presenter for this extremely important episode. I've titled this session, If You Think You've Had Effective Active Shooter Training, Think Again. Why Everything You've Done May Be Useless. Now, this title may initially be cause for some to take offense, but please don't. Hear me out, and I'm confident that you'll understand exactly what I'm saying by the conclusion of the episode. And keep in mind, I'm saying may be useless rather than is definitely useless. There are many things that factor into whether or not our training, drilling, policy and procedure development, and overall security efforts have created value or whether it's time to start over again. In this episode, we'll explain not only why what you've done to prepare yourselves, employees, children, and congregations is likely not going to achieve the desired result, We'll also explain exactly what needs to be done to achieve them. What's critical is that following what I'm about to explain, you'll have a new but proper perspective in which to analyze your efforts to date from. You may find, however, that unfortunately to achieve true and real safety that you do have to start over again. Now, I'm confident in saying that regardless of who you are and what you've done to prepare yourselves, your employees, families, and children, for a sudden unplanned incident of violence, or more commonly known as an active shooter situation, your efforts have been well-meaning and well-intentioned. The problem with what you may have done doesn't lie with you. It lies with the supposed experts who may have led you to believe that the solutions that they're delivering are effective. And they even believe that what they are doing is worthwhile. The problem is that when you're not an expert yourself and you don't understand the subject matter, which is why you're calling on experts to deliver effective solutions in the first place, you'll take what you get from these supposed experts as completely accurate and effective solutions, as long as they look and sound reasonable. You might be very surprised, however, to know that many of these supposed experts who deliver safety and security solutions have little more in the way of knowledge and expertise than you do. Let me explain. Most think that the qualifications for expertise in prevention of and or surviving an incident of violence comes from either law enforcement or military professions. In most cases, it's assumed that if you have background in either of these professions, that you're an automatic expert in teaching people how to prevent and survive an incident of violence. The fact is that these professions offer little more than any other professions in establishing a good, solid knowledge and qualification for expertise in the subject matter. Think about it. Law enforcement and military professionals spend their careers mastering response to problems or incidents. Very few have actually any understanding of or expertise in teaching others how to prevent or survive such an incident. In my 15-year law enforcement career, there was little to nothing offered as regular training in understanding an active shooter incident, but further in how to prevent them and teach others to survive such incidents. In my latter years, when active shooters started to become a known threat, the instruction that suddenly became available was basically short, individual courses that offered nothing in the way of real expertise in the problems and solutions. Further, for most law enforcement officers, 
Teaching others about active shooter prevention and survival is a part-time effort at best. It's either a small part of their overall daily duty, or again, at best, something they pay attention to on a very limited basis. Few actually absorb and, chal and challenge what they're being taught. Few make it their life or even career's work. This topic requires extensive knowledge, research, full-time dedication, challenge of current methods and applications, and understanding the mental aspects, which is the most critical element of performance, and therefore our chances of survival, rather than a part-time, very basic education. It also requires a knowledge of not only preventing and surviving the actual act of violence, but a thorough understanding of how the things that we do to prevent and prepare can impact potential liability against our businesses, schools, churches, and even personal liability. As a company with a purpose of truly keeping people safe, it's not only about physical threats. Legal threats can destroy lives as well, as by the way, can the mental distress of an incident. Now let's discuss exactly what the most common types of training are and why they're basically ineffective. Most training re trainers receive their qualification to instruct through programs that are acronym based. Programs like ALICE, CRAZE, ALERT, and on and on. With most of these examples, anyone, whether law enforcement or military trained or not, can attend a quick one or two day instructor level training course in active shooter, and upon completion, students are designated as expert active shooter instructors. And when I say anyone, I mean anyone, including you, can attend and receive expert active shooter instructor status with absolutely no prerequisite, no credentials, or no previous education in the topic. Now think about that. Do you think that in two short days that you'll have any qualification at all to teach others how to stay safe during a sudden unplanned incident of violence? It's not only not gonna happen, it's actually dangerous to designate anyone an expert in two days of training, let alone think that they can effectively teach others how to prevent or survive such incidents. Now let's talk more about the type of training that is by far the most prevalent in this country and why it's simply ineffective. Have you ever heard of run, hide, and fight, or as I touched on earlier, acronym training? This is what you'll typically get from local police departments, school resource officers, and even federal governmental agencies. Basically, with run, hide, and fight, you're being offered three options, or potential responses to surviving a sudden unplanned incident of violence. You can run, you can hide, or you can fight. Three very simple solutions that don't require much in the way of expertise or thought. Now I want you to think about this. If you've ever never had even a single second of training in how to survive a sudden unplanned incident of violence, not even a single second, and someone walked into the room that you're in right now with a gun, doesn't it stand to reason that without even a single second of training that you would do one of those three things? You would run, you would hide, or you would fight. And again, you would do this even with absolutely no training in survival during such an incident. So we don't need anyone telling us run, hide, and fight because we already know that. The key becomes how, when, and where do we run? How, when, and where do we hide? And how, when, and where do we fight? And more importantly, how do our natural reactions as human beings impact our ability to do any of these three things? Without digging down to those levels, just telling someone run, hide, or fight is absolutely meaningless. It's nothing more than training for the sake of training. Training to help us feel good that we did something. In the end, however, it's absolutely meaningless and useless. Further, 
This is doing nothing more than throwing out solution after solution after solution without first establishing a foundation and understanding for why we're offering the solutions. Being provided solutions to problems that we don't first understand will result in training that simply goes in one ear and out the other ear. How about acronym training? This is training that's meant for the title itself to serve as an acronym that will make it simple for you to recall exactly what you'll need to do to survive a sudden unplanned incident of violence. As an example, have you ever heard of ALICE training? ALICE is an acronym that stands for A, alert, L, lockdown, I, inform, C, counter, E, evacuate. Now think about this. Do you think that if someone walked into the room that you're in right now and started shooting, the result being 175 plus beat per minute heart rate, that you're going to stop and recall, okay, A, I have to alert, L, I have to lock down, I, I have to inform, and on and on. Let me assure you this, it's not going to happen. And further, these are solutions that will likely not be possible based on our natural reactions as human beings. So run, hide, and fight in acronym training is basically training for the sake of training, tra training to make us feel good that we did something, or training that allows us to check a box and be able to say that we did something. In reality, however, it's meaningless. So if you've had simple run, hide, or fight training, or training that provides you with supposed solutions to such incidents without bringing you a very high level of understanding of exactly why the proposed solutions will work or not work, and how to prepare to be able to carry out what you'll need to survive, your training is likely not producing the real results and it's time to start over. Now let's look at drills and the way that they are most commonly run and how that makes them all but completely worthless. If you have kids in school, their schools likely do active shooter drills. And incidentally, this is the same for most businesses that conduct active shooter drills. Here are the problems with drills. Number one, they shouldn't really be referred to as active shooter drills as that places a very narrow definition on the purpose of the drill. Number two, every time a school or business runs such a drill, they involve local law enforcement and EMS services in these drills. Here's the problem. When local law enforcement and EMS are involved in our drills, guess who they become drills for? Well, if you said law enforcement and EMS, you'd be correct. They become drills focused on law enforcement and EMS response and the focus of how and what we need to do to keep our teachers, kids, employees alive during the actual incident is rarely discussed. Now, as a company, we don't care about law enforcement and EMS response. Not that it's not important, just not our focus as a company. That's their deal to figure out. Our deal is giving you, your children, and co-employees everything that we can to keep them alive during this life or death gap. Everyone knows that there's no real danger during a drill. So the impact will have not have anywhere near the impact or effectiveness that we would be hoping that it would have. And again, as a result, falls about useless. Now we can make drills highly effective and create the chaos necessary to get full value from them without sacrificing the safety that would be an issue in an unannounced drill. Blue U Defense have, has highly effective, unique, and practical solutions to running drills that truly mean everything in our training curriculum. Following the horrible incident of mass violence at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, I read an article questioning why, after the school had done so much, including, including expending time and financial resources to, to training, drilling, 
policy and procedure reviews, etc. There were still so many teachers and children killed. When I read this, my immediate response was, of course, because everything that they had done was training for the sake of training, drilling for the sake of drilling, developing policy and procedure that looks great on paper, but won't work in reality. Nothing that they did dealt with the true elements of survival and the development of understanding of the problems before issuing the solutions. In other words, the mental aspects were never addressed and therefore we had way too many victims. Here's the next significant fallacy. Most people believe that conducting or attending a single or sporadic training course will give us what we need to survive. Think about it. Is there really anything that you can master in a single or sporadic training course? Of course not. Truly mastering anything takes time and ongoing dedication. Is the time and effort that it takes to really give yourself the best chance of survival worth it? I don't know. That's, that's up to you. Have you ever heard the saying, it can take a lifetime to prepare for one moment? Well, when that one moment could mean the difference between living and dying, every second that you will have spent will be well worth it. Conversely, every second that you didn't spend will become a huge problem and may result in a very dire outcome. You must believe that it can happen in order to gain the desire necessary to prepare for and master the ability to win, survive, and go home. And a single training course will not get you there. So, what is effective training and preparation? Well, it requires a program or a system that includes numerous elements. But let's start with the elements of effective training, even if it is just a single or sporadic training course. Number one, must be based in understanding. Again, we can receive solution after solution after solution. And these solutions will mean absolutely nothing if we're first not provided with an understanding of exactly what the solutions are meant to fix and why they will or will not work. Two, it must be based in practicality. The solutions have to work under the circumstances in which they're presented. They must work based on our natural reactions as human beings. Three, they must be based in reality. They have to be far more than what simply looks good on paper or simply sounds good. Four, it must be achievable by those receiving it. Too many times solutions are only seen as masterable and achievable by tactical related professionals. Five, training must be engaging, must be delivered in a way that captures the receiver's attention and inspires them to do more on their own. In the end, the responsibility for safety and security is yours and yours alone. We can't rely on our company, our school, or our church to take care of us. Think about this. If you ever find yourself the victim of a sudden unplanned incident of violence, the only thing that we know 100% for certain is that you are there. Everything else is pure speculation. We only know that we're there and guess what that means? That only you will be able to do something to save yourself. So what are the elements of true and real safety and security? Number one, we have to establish good goals. We have to determine exactly what we're hoping to accomplish in advance of starting our program. Number two, we have to start with securing our physical site. This is a significant factor in prevention, again, to the extent that we can. Number three, we have to develop and or enhance policy and procedure. Four, we have to develop a plan. There's a significant difference between policy and procedure and an actual plan. Plan creation is something else that is every individual's responsibility. 
The key to planning is developing a high level of understanding of what is likely to happen inside the walls of our specific business, school, or churches, or homes for that matter. Number five, training. Training has to be delivered in a variety of formats and designed to contain all of the critical elements that I discussed earlier in the episode. And six, continuous education. Training is perishable. If it's a quality course, the retention levels will be longer in term. Regardless, however, it'll go away after a certain period of time. So it's critical that we keep what is necessary to prepare and survive fresh in our minds on a regular, ongoing basis. Here's the bottom line. If we truly want to keep ourselves and our employees safe, we have to commit to the time and financial resources necessary to achieving our goals. Otherwise, whatever we do will be meaningless. It'll be time and money spent without result. Next, no more training for the sake of training or drilling for the sake of drilling or doing things for the sake of doing things. And don't assume that just because you're getting training from a law enforcement or military professional that it's quality, accurate, and effective training. This can be very dangerous. There are many, many more problems with what we currently do and how we do it, which I'll cover in follow-up episodes. We'll also cover in more detail what needs to be done to getting it right. It's critical that you understand the problems and in so doing, you'll change the way that you think. And if you have kids, take it upon yourselves to give them what they need to survive. I can tell you this, the schools aren't doing it effectively. As we progress through the additional series of this podcast, through our website, through training, you'll not only have a completely high level of understanding of what the problems are with what we currently do, but a clear path on how to fix them. Stay tuned for more episodes.